listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. Daniel Garrett. On today's episode, we are going over the Browns' last preseason game of the year against the Atlanta Falcons with guest Adam Holloway of the Falcons Nest Pod and also of Around the Block Falcons. So let's get into the show. I'm joined by Adam Holloway. He's part of the Falcons Nest Podcast and Around the Block Falcons. You can find him on Twitter at Damsky32. That's D A M. SKI32 on Twitter. Adam, how you doing today? What's going on? Uh, I'm okay. Like I was just saying, I'm battling some allergies, but you know, happy to be here and uh, talk a little ball. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. We're just going to recap the uh, Browns versus Falcons game here. And uh, Falcons, we talked about a little bit in the pre-show here. Falcons did pick up Colby Gossett, who we waived, did not make our 32. And I'm at 53. And uh, he's going to be a Falcon yep. now. So we were discussing him and his performance. He played pretty, pretty well in this preseason throughout. And I guess we can start out along the offensive line. We'll start with him here and then we can move to a couple other guys. What did you think of him and how are you feeling about him coming to Atlanta? Gossett, uh, from what I've seen, looked like at Appalachian State. He looks like a mean guy. And it's funny, um, I just saw a quick, quickly Twitter searched him. And the first first video I seen was from Atlanta's now offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford saying how much he liked that out of him. So it's just I guess it's kind of full circle for the both of them that he got to claim him. And now, like I I was telling you off air, like I really do think he's gonna have a shot to start. And like you were saying, like he, he looks like a good depth piece. But um, just due to our situation, I think he actually he might be able to get on the field and uh potentially play for us early on here just just because the lack of bodies we're not uh we're not as fortunate as Cleveland with that big molly offensive line that you guys got there yeah and and that's one things we knew going into the preseason here coming in that there were going to be a few got a couple guys cut off this offensive line that are real legit NFL players that are Mm. getting waived here and Browns even kept 10 and there were still two or three guys that are legit NFL players. One of them was Taylor, the tackle. He was put on IR, so he Mm -hmm. didn't get picked up by anybody, obviously, with him being placed on IR. But Mm -hmm. Gossett was the other one that was for sure NFL caliber, just with the depth the Browns had. It was probably a choice between him and Nick Harris for that last spot. Nick Harris... We have more invested into him, and he can also play center as well. So it just gives a little bit more versatility there too. And there there was a lot of good offensive line performances out of the Browns, I thought. And But one of the players that I don't necessarily know if I would categorize it as a good game for him, it was okay. But it was – Was so, that Nick Harris? No, uh, 
James Hudson. James Hudson. James Hudson is a guy. I thought he had an okay game, but it was by Mm -hmm. far his best preseason game. He had struggled a little bit. Was really good in the run game. I know PFF graded him as a 74.6 run blocking grade against Atlanta. And this game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was was pretty good there, and it was by far his best performance, and that's looking up. We are playing him on the 53, but I just don't think he's going to – I think he'll be the last option on that Browns roster for offensive linemen. I think we're going to try our best not to get him any snaps this year. I just don't think he's ready. Maybe later in the year he can get ready. We do have a good offensive line coach in Bill Callahan. But at this point. Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, at, At this point, I just don't think he's ready yet. So what did you think of Hudson's performance, though? Uh, yeah, it's actually funny you brought it up pre-draft. I actually really liked him. Um, I actually fell upon him when I was watching Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Uh, he absolutely goose-egged him in the first half, and then I think he got an um, ejection. I think that's what that was in that game when Cincinnati was playing Georgia. Um, so Hudson looked good in, in those games, and I, I feel like he deals with power really well. It's just when guys are a little bit quicker um, that, that, that he struggles a little bit. Um, in the game specifically, I remember, so our, uh, one of, one of our flashier players in the preseason, uh, Ade Ogundeji, uh, the pass rusher from Notre Dame. Yeah. He kind of gave him a little bit of problems with kind of getting it. It's funny though, cause Ogundeji does it to everybody. He's, he's so long that it's, it's hard for offensive tackles to get their hands on him. Um, he worked a, he worked an outside swim on him and, and, and that really worked really well, um, but I, I thought in the run game he was kind of he was kind of paving things out uh, for him. But in, in the past, uh, I, I'll, I'll I'll tip my hat to Ogundeji on that from what I've seen. Uh, but he, you know that that he has probably been our best preseason performer so far. So um, just to I guess move him in the run game to kind of um, kind of shows that at least Hudson's there mentally. He's just got to work on a couple things refinement wise. Which is it's funny because. Like like I said, he he goose egged Ogan Day or uh, Aziz Ojolari into that game. A second James Hudson went out. Ojolari, I think he had about three and a half sacks, a couple forced fumbles. Um, so yeah, so he's a guy that I like, and I you know, some like I keep I'm gonna keep saying it this whole thing. You guys keep stockpiling these offensive linemen, maybe to throw some our way. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like you said with Hudson in that Georgia game, he the second he went out, they threw in a young 6'9", 400-pound German dude at left tackle, and it was not pretty at all. No. But, <laughs> but and Hudson, we, we knew coming in he was going to be a raw. He is a transfer from Michigan where he was actually a defensive tackle. And mm-hmm. so when – you knew drafting him that he was going to be raw, and he sh- he's shown it, but he does have the physical traits, and he's shown the, the want to to be a blocker as well, yeah. which is very important. And he has aggressiveness, right? Yeah. So that's like that's like half the battle. When, when you have a passive offensive lineman, that, those are the kind of guys I stay away from. The guys that want to bury you, those are the guys you want, right, so to speak. And, and Hudson definitely, especially um, he, he was at the senior bowl in one-on-ones. He looked he looked pretty decent there. He's got a good kick slide. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's going for him. It's just uh, what he has to do with his hands. It's kind of, it's kind of same similar story to um, um, Jalen Mayfield, the kid that we drafted from um, 
Michigan. He, he kind of struggles with his hands. Uh, he's, he's athletic, but not super athletic, but he's also got short arms. So we're trying him out inside and, and that is also not working. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And Hudson has the physical tools to match for a tackle. And that was our big thing with him. And uh, let's transition into that run game that Hudson was very effective in as a blocker. The Browns as a whole weren't very efficient running the ball. Mm-hmm. And the John Kelly got the bulk of the carries. He got 10 carries, only ended up with 30 yards and just wasn't extremely effective. I thought they were effective when they were having out uh, Hunt. Hunt was mm-hmm. still an effective runner, but outside of him, there just wasn't a lot of efficiency coming in the run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I, it's kind of good for me. I, I, like you said, I thought Hunt ran the ball well. I think second half, I think both teams were kind of like the, I think your guys' trenches were just kind of moving bodies and then you're just getting what was blocked more or less, not, not what's thereafter, like what Kareem Hunt was getting in the first half. Um, but yeah, in terms of Atlanta, like I, I felt like other than Caleb Huntley's fourth fourth quarter touchdown, we exploded uh, for I think about thirty yards. I, I I thought we were we were rough that game. I know we rushed for one hundred and seventy yards, but I think a lot of that was Frank's kind of going off script on pass plays and and getting you know like ten twelve here, because um, I'm pretty sure he had a good amount of rushing yards. I know for whatever reason he doesn't throw the ball in preseason, Frank's. Uh, Felipe Frank so I I, I don't really uh, I don't know why but uh, he, he runs it efficiently uh, Caleb Huntley is a guy that we cut but brought back to the practice squad today he looked good uh, you guys bottled up Olsen pretty pretty well um, so yeah I mean like I said you guys trenches are are, are there I like I thought uh, Tommy Togi I did a, a decent job for you guys too when I was watching because I I went back to specifically watch the trenches and and uh like I think Mc, McDowell I think is McDowell Malik McDowell, McDowell. Yeah. yeah I think he uh he absolutely rushed shot on us too. so we couldn't I like I I think we did rush for a, a good chunk 170 I thought it was but uh, if you look, if you were to watch the game, you, I don't think you would have said, oh yeah, they, you know, they, oh, one six or sorry. Oh, we only rushed for 80. Sorry. That was the previous game that we did it. Yeah. So there you go. So we didn't, we didn't rush for a lot. <laughs> it was, uh, it was so 30 yards was that chunk play to Huntley um, in the fourth quarter. And then, yeah, not, n- not too much, but uh, you know, w- w- what'd you think of your offensive line, your starting offensive line play in the first half? Yeah, I was, it, it was just hard to say, really, because, you know, they were only out there for a couple series there with Baker. Yeah. And yeah. They, they were good when they were in, but, you know, it wasn't – I don't believe Treader played, which no. does have a, an effect when you are going down to that second-string center. And that – wasn't necessarily there you definitely could see a drop off there from treader to harris but outside of that i thought the rest of brown's line played pretty well there were there were a few guys that i thought struggled a bit like i said i thought harris definitely stood out as a guy not necessarily struggling but he definitely popped as this guy's 
the worst guy on this line right now when he was with that starting group. It was very obvious that he was a step below the rest of those guys, which it's hard to expect out of a backup yeah, to be I mean, on the same level of our offensive, our starting offensive line when you got just two top 10 probably guards. Antonio yeah, is getting a little older, so maybe he drops below that top 10, but Teller, when healthy, is a top three guard. And you got yeah. pretty good tackles, Al Conklin and Wills going into a second year now. And mm-hmm. it's just tough for someone like Harris to really fit in well and not show that he's worse than them. But <laughs> I think that yeah, goes for just about any backup center in the league. I don't think there's a backup center that could just pop in and fit in with that line but the rest of them I thought were pretty solid and you touch a little bit on the defensive line as well for the Browns with McDowell McDowell I forget who it was so I I wanted to give credit here but I don't it was Drew Dahlman that you got no no uh I yeah Drew Dahlman you but, didn't uh, see that helmet that that hit that where he drove him back about 12 yards in the backfield no, that wasn't actually the play I was talking about. There was one oh. where it was a uh, – I forget who posted it on Twitter. It was a – it showed where uh, McDowell's pads were, and it was just so extremely different. It was just so much lower and out in front of his body than the rest of that Browns defensive line, and it really oh, showed yeah. – was able to show just how he was able to be so explosive and do, like you said, dri- drive guards back – yeah, that was uh, I was I was on the Drew Drew Dahlman uh, fan train, and then McDowell with one play took me off of it because I was like, I just don't in the NFL I don't understand how you unless you're unless you're going like an Aaron Donald kind of guy I understand that, uh, but McDowell's like what third fourth defensive tackle for you? It's probably third. Pro he's definitely behind Jackson. I. Malik Jackson I think he's outplayed Andrew Billings but Billings is going to be the one tech but I thought is he behind Togi as well uh no he's not going to be behind Togi no he's not okay no yeah McDowell's a player they really love it's just obviously he was a very high I believe he was a second round pick by Seattle back in 18 I want to say okay I remember that I remember that yeah Yeah. yeah okay ATV accident obviously Caused him yeah. to miss a lot of time and just had some other off-field stuff. But he, he's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. He just – this is his first actual season getting to play in the NFL. And so yeah. he's been good throughout all the preseason games. He's been the best defensive tackle throughout the preseason. Malik Jackson oh, did yeah. play the preseason. So it was just between – the rest of the guys and he has been the best throughout the entire preseason billings has been up and down very inconsistent and he showed that a little bit in this game as well jordan elliott was a guy who really impressed me along that defensive tackle today um not today sunday he i thought he was really good he didn't play much i believe he played 14 snaps was it but he was i think he made most of those snaps because i'm pretty sure when i was re-watching Jordan Elliott was a guy I liked out of Mizzou coming out. So he's, he's obviously a guy I followed. And uh, I was like, yeah, 
there's 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 that burst I always seen on film. He's just blasting off the ball. Like uh, he reminds me of actually uh, the the guy that we draft up. Uh, sorry, picked up in the off season, uh, who hasn't really lived up to his draft capital, Jonathan Bullard. Uh, Jonathan Bullard's quick off the ball like that too, and he can sometimes uh, catch offense alignment, especially second and third string offense alignment like uh, Elliot was. Uh, uh, and then I don't know, like Jalen Mayfield was a third round pick, so I mean he should have done a little bit more. But he was also on the Browns' highlight tape of getting absolutely jacked into the backfield right into Frank's lap. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, it was it wasn't a pretty night for the offense lines. In turn, like we didn't really do anything these past couple of days to fix that, which I was like, there's no way. Like, and the funny thing is now our starting left guard got hurt. So now either Mayfield or Dalman are going to play left guard. And I'm just like, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> so uh, if buddy we just picked up from Cleveland doesn't work, I, I, I really don't know how Matt's going to succeed this year. But, uh, you know, I guess what's what you get for rebuilding a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that Bullard comp, I I have a personal affinity for Jonathan Bullard, but he you is like a, him or you don't? Ah, uh, yeah, he's a Florida guy. I can't can't quail on my Florida guys. No, I actually like him. So he's going to be our starting five tech. Actually, uh, he actually showed out in camp. He's doing really good. Um, that's this. That's so funny because he was a guy that I liked coming out of the draft as well from Florida. I uh, never really lived up to the capital, but to be honest with you, he's looked great uh, so far. So maybe this is him turning the corner. I would love for him to turn the corner a bit and bookend with uh, Grady Jarrett on the end and our new three, four. So uh, that'd be a little bit exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really think that that's a good fit for him in the three, four. And I think we have a couple guys that can play a very, another guy who's similar is Sheldon day. Okay. Yeah. Day's been able to show that inside-out versatility as well, play some three-tech, play some five-tech. And the Browns really are looking. They're going to have – they only kept three defensive ends on their initial 53. Okay. And so a lot of these defensive tackles that have that inside-out versatility are going to get some playing time. And then, obviously, we have Porter Gustin, Curtis Weaver, and Sheldon Day, I believe, are all in the practice squad. So – yeah. would expect once we put some guys on IR, one of those guys gets caught up. But I would expect – I thought Sean Day played really well, but we talked about Malik McDowell earlier, but he's a guy I could definitely see he has in the past, and what they want him to do is be able to slide out and play some five-tech as well. Who's that, McDowell? As well? Yeah, McDowell. I, I could see that. He's explosive off the line. Like, he was, he was just – it wasn't only that one clip. He was kind of giving everybody headaches. It felt like they uh, were just kind of rotating him around and, and letting him work different different angles at the at the at the O line. So, uh, yeah, he was a guy that looked very explosive. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if if maybe you got a little bit uh, more confident in him going against us. Don't because our offense line's bad. But <laughs> no, he looked good though. <laughs> I got to say, too, I forgot to tell you before I jumped on. My son's a Browns fan, so I actually follow the Browns quite a bit. Uh, so my, my son's eight. Uh, he's just getting into ball, and uh, he's a big Odell Beckham guy, but he's also a big Denzel Ward guy. So, <laughs> well, well, those are two great choices, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the one defensive tackle that I thought has struggled here for the Browns has been Marvin Wilson, and he was obviously waived. Yeah. I don't know if – 
think the did the Eagles claim him? Yeah, if I, I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I I don't know. I I liked him a good amount. I wasn't as high on the preseason hype going into last year with him, but I definitely still thought he was going to be a good productive defensive tackle in the NFL. I wasn't in on the top half of the first round hype, but definitely saw a guy with a lot of potential there. And he just has not between last season and then going into this preseason, it just has not been good for Wilson. And I, you honestly struggle to figure out exactly what it is because for a guy that was thought of so highly to drop that far, it's really shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then, it may it could be potentially be a work work ethic thing um just because from when he was starting to get really a lot of hype i remember because he was a guy i was like yeah you know we need we need somebody to go with grady that would that would be a great pick to when i was going through the process just seeing um just how he really hadn't developed since he really had that initial push for that first year uh he coming out last year he should have been somebody that that you know he's got a pass rush plan uh, at the point of attack versus the run he should be able to hold that um he, he couldn't do either or uh so he was it's almost like you you got a, a piece of clay that you don't really know what to do with because he doesn't really do anything too too well um and then so that's what made me maybe it was character concerns maybe he doesn't have a strong work ethic um but either way, to, to see him to see him not get drafted and then to go to the Browns, who, I mean, necessarily he he could have made the push if he if he had to to potentially get on there, um, and and he didn't really make waves on anything. It's it's kind of alarming at that point. But uh, I've seen people make some points that you know maybe going to Philly, um, learning behind their D line, Fletcher Clock, Fletcher Cox, and all those guys. Um, maybe, maybe there's something there for him to, to learn and maybe kind of get a better work ethic. I, I'm not, I don't know if he has a, a, a bad work ethic, but I'm just saying if you don't develop from your freshman year, um, into your first year as a pro there, there's gotta be something that's not clicking there for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. And I do agree that I think that's probably one of the best fits for him is Philadelphia just with how good that interior defensive line group is for them Mm -hmm. and a lot of experience there yeah but yeah Wilson definitely had a shot to make this team it wasn't like he was never going to make this team they could have very easily kept him instead of one of these linebackers they ended up keeping seven linebackers and it would have been very easy to keep him especially with the fact that they do want to kick out Jackson and McDowell to end it would have made it Mm -hmm. to where they could have you know fudged it a little bit where they say oh this guy's going to play a lot of ends so keep the extra tackle would have been a very easy thing if he had showed enough to actually garner being on the roster but he just didn't but we can transition to another rookie here who has been extremely impressive in preseason Richard LeCount safety out of Georgia we got him in the fifth round and with fifth round people that know me will know I was begging begging for Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. Okay, yeah. I and was too. For he, the went, uh, yeah. he went just a few picks before LeCount, but LeCount was actually my next, my highest safety on the board by the time we got around to picking. Mm-hmm. But I did have Jamar Johnson very, very high. 
Love. I did too. I had him as a second rounder. So yeah, he fell quite a bit for me. So uh, it being as a big, big 10 guy, obviously being a Buckeyes fan. uh, Yeah. Jamar, Jamar uh, Johnson was kind of my, my, my move because he kind of gave Justin Fields headaches and you don't see too many guys doing that in the big 10. So yeah, he, he was a fun guy, but uh, LeCount was the guy that uh, he was a guy. I, I start. I don't. I don't know if you know, but Atlanta got rid of every single one of their safeties last year. So I like deep dove like every single safety in this draft, <laughs> like crazy. Because I'm like, I, I know we're getting at least two here, and I think we got Richie. Well, we obviously got Richie Grant and somebody else. I forget who it was. Um, but yeah, uh, LeCount's a guy. Uh, I think he went through multiple knee injuries. I'm pretty sure that's what did him in yeah. uh, prior to he was, he, he looked like he was going to be the next big thing at, at safety. Um, but I think one thing that consistently stuck with him, even though if maybe the physical aspect are, isn't there with them uh, physical, I meant like being able to run, change directions at a, at a high pace. Um, I think uh, the, the instincts was there because he knows how to put himself into a position to either a make a play or B break up the pass. Cause you've seen it when he was facing Georgia, right? Uh, he, he, he's got that highlight of, of smacking Kyle Pitts and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't too happy about that, but, uh, LeCount was a good, uh, a good player in that game. Um, I think, I think he's the kind of guy that's got good instincts. I just question his long-term, um, in the NFL. Uh, I wonder if those injuries will be lingering on him. I have seen that he's been having a really, really good camp. Um, I kind of, I had a seventh on him, but, um, now that you're, you're kind of seeing him blow up a little bit, I, I'm really happy for him because he, he's definitely somebody that could have went a lot higher than I think the fifth round, like you were saying. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that can play in the box. I, I question if he can play deep, deep third or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, from what I look, from what I hear and what I've seen so far, it looks like he's had a really good camp and, uh, I did, did he make your guys squad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. He's our okay. fourth safety right now. That's that's really good. I'm I'm really proud of him. I'm excited for him. That's yeah. that's really good. Any, anytime you can overcome multiple injuries in in uh, college, and, and make an NFL squad, that's really nice. Yeah, and he was having actually injury issues when he ran his forty. Ended up running in the four sevens, but I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah had that he was one of the guys where there was the biggest differential between his tracking data speed in mm-hmm. his 40 time because yeah. his tracking data was much much better in terms of how fast he was actually playing on the field and that injury obviously had a lot to do with the slower 40 time and we'll flip over from the defensive set from the defensive backfield to uh going over to the receivers and Kaderil Hodge was picked up by the Lions. He was, I thought he was very effective again this entire preseason, pretty much. But I believe Jeff Lloyd made the point of this was more of a game to try to get interest in him in terms of a trade, more so than actually him being that guy to make the roster because we ended up only keeping five and he was always going to be wide receiver six. Yeah. So he was always going to be in that position where he was, if we only kept five, he was going to be cut. So definitely was a game to try to get some trade interest in him. But when he goes to Detroit, I definitely think he's going to play a lot for them. I think he's going to be a, probably even wide receiver three for them. Yeah, yeah. 
He uh, he definitely looked good. Uh, he kind of he kind of got my my guy on the corner out there. Uh, Chris Williamson, a guy that I was kind of banging the table for. He, he looked good early on, uh, but you know Baker uh, Baker and his swagger and his Scott got him on that corner pylon throw, and uh, that was, that was a dart. But Hodge pulled it in like. People were kind of blaming Williamson on that. I'm like, Williamson had good coverage. Baker put that thing where Hodge had to, to, to stretch out and get it. That was just a perfect play from the quarterback and the receiver. So, yeah, he Hodge, Hodge looked good, man. He was the guy. I was actually – Atlanta's receiver room is weird. Like, we got a lot of guys that we kind of in-house develop. Um, so, I was wondering if maybe Atlanta would take a shot on a guy uh, that they didn't have and, and maybe bring him in. So, uh, they obviously didn't with Hodge. But – uh, he's a guy I could see getting some serious play time with Detroit just because that receiving room is kind of meh at this point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they he, don't have he, a whole lot. Yeah, we like, I don't know, like it's it's uh, St. Brown and I'm not I'm not really sure who else outside of St. Brown's really there. But um, yeah, no, Hodge, they, had, I, they had Perriman. He was waived. Yeah, I forget who else they have right now, but. Yeah, so I, I could see Hodge doing some damage as a third receiver there. But like you, you, you said, you, like you guys' receiver room is just uh, like I, I tell all Falcons fans: don't get discouraged at this game. The Browns got so much depth everywhere. Like their their third team is going to be better than our third team. Uh, that's that's just the way it works when you're like you got honestly, you guys are drafting really well. Um, so so it didn't surprise me that when the things got down to the second half and the and the second and third team was rolling around that, that you guys really started to plant that flag into that game. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another player I thought did well was Davian Davis, but he is going to be suspended, I believe for half the season mm-hmm. first half the year. So he is on the practice squad, but he was a guy that I thought did pretty well. And in terms of tight ends, obviously Mark way did decent, but, Jordan Franks, I thought was all right, brother of a uh, year quarterback Felipe. Felipe Franks. Yeah, yeah, I think he had a f- or no, an almost fumble, right? That's what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he did look, he did look good. He, he was blocking well too, from what I've seen. Yeah, he had, he had a few catches or a couple catches, right? Two or three. Yeah, and he's going to be a practice squad guy as well. And he showed good hustle. He was the one that chased down that interception. Oh, that was him, yeah. Yeah, that was him yeah. that chased down the interception, knocked the ball out from behind, got the ball back. And, and then Gossett was the one who, yeah, who recovered it yep. for you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And now he's in Atlanta, unfortunately for him. Well, I guess, I don't know, you, the way you look at it, I mean, you you guys got uh, um, Treader from the Bills, right? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right, right guard. Like, I would love for that situation to play out in Atlanta where he just – automatically becomes a top 10 guard in the league. I would say even top five guard in the league, but uh, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And definitely hope the best for him in Atlanta yeah. and same with Hodge, hope the best for him in Detroit. You always want to see guys if they're not, if, if you don't think they're a good enough player to either fit wise or talent wise to play for you and they go somewhere else, you definitely always want to, cheer for them and hope that they find that success there because these are guys that have been with the team for multiple years especially Hodges Hodge was wide receiver three for us last year going into the season and he's just been a guy that's been with us for a while and Gossett hasn't played a ton he 
I believe he played a bit back in 19, I want to say, before before Treader really came on. Treader didn't come on much until the second half of 2019 and gotcha. then really popped in 2020 after he lost a little weight. And I believe Gossip did play a little bit then, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of we kind of circled through right guards for that season, the first nine, 10 weeks, we just circled through guards. And I believe he was one of them that played a little bit, but yeah. And so as we finish up here, we'll, we'll wrap up by going over the quarterbacks, obviously the most important position. Laletta played the most. Laletta did struggle. This was by far his worst game of the preseason. And he was, he was waived. He isn't going to be on the practice squad. The Browns ended up picking up Nick Mullins for the practice squad. But he was 11 of 22, 150 yards, touchdown, and two interceptions. He, he still flashed like he has before, but really just wasn't able to be as consistent. And that first game against the Jaguars was just incredibly efficient. And then ever since then, it's just been well, you know, you, you see, you definitely see why he hasn't stuck anywhere really and mm-hmm. it's that up and down nature which it's it's fine as when you're a developmental guy and being on the practice squad you're not as worried about that you're just trying because you're looking for the traits but when you go yep. into actually getting that backup quarterback you really need a guy that can step in for a game or two and just consistently be there and not make a ton of mistakes and I thought going in after that first week, I thought Laletta showed enough to where there was potential. If he continued that performance, that he could win this job from Keenum because he was just straight up better against the Jaguars mm-hmm. than Keenum and definitely has more physical tools as well. And if he could have kept that up, had a shot really to beat him out, especially with Keenum's high cap hit, mm-hmm. but he just really struggled especially this game he was he was okay against the Giants but he really just struggled in this this game here and then had Keenum went 12 of 19 for 109 he was okay just solid you know what you get with Case I thought he played really well I was like I was I was I was kind of half watching the game and I was I was I was drawing up a playbook for um my the team that I coach but um, I was kind of half watching the game, but every time I just seen like perfect passes, and I'm like, I'm like, why do these quarterbacks always come here? These no name quarterbacks and just start slinging and ball, slinging balls and, and look great. And I'm like, oh, that's Case Keenum. He's done this before. Like he's actually a legit like if Baker were to go down for a game or two, like I honestly I don't I don't think you would I don't think. I don't think you would lose those games because of case. I feel like he can play mistake-free football and then you guys just run it down somebody's throat. And I'm not saying you'll, you won't skip a beat because Baker looks great. He looks like he's in form and he's really uh, slinging the thing right now because uh, the first two series against Atlanta, he, he was really looking good. Um, and then I've seen him in other preseason games. He looks good, but Keenum's a guy that can buy you a week or two. So, uh, I mean, uh, I understand he comes at a little bit of higher um price tag but uh it, it'd be hard to you know replicate that in the form of a rookie so uh yeah he he looked he looked really good yeah yeah and keenum is definitely a guy who a very high-end backup and they pay him like he is and yeah it 
like I said, if Loletta outperformed him the preseason, that's where I could see the cost savings. If he were getting oh, yeah. 90% of Keenum out of Loletta, saving a bunch of money, I believe he would have saved like $5 million comparatively, which is a yeah. good amount. But he just did not perform where Keenum is. Keenum knows the system well, played played for years in a either this exact system or very similar systems. It's been his bread and butter his entire career, just being able to play a wide zone, play action, and be able mm-hmm. to just dice him up after he turns his back to defense. And thought he did, like you said, very well in this game. Baker was good in his two series. And I thought as a whole, there was a defensive drop-off in offensive performance once we got to Laletta. And you definitely noticed the difference. And that was really probably someone in the Giants game. It wasn't nearly as bad. There wasn't as much of a drop-off. This is really the first time you've you noticed the major drop-off from Keenum to Laletta. And I think it really separated him and definitely showed that he is for sure the deserving backup. And before we go, do you have any last thoughts on this game? I just, I'm just thankful that I got to see a Josh Rosen touchdown in that game. That, that was it. <laughs> and no, honestly, because it, it honestly, uh, I was worried that we we're going to keep Franks for to be QB two, but it looks like that. Um, it looks like that Josh Rosen's going to end up sticking around. So uh, yeah. that, that excited me. That was probably my favorite part, part of the game. And then just to, I heard Josh Rosen's presser after just saying how, cause he hadn't thrown a touchdown in a couple of years just with, uh, preseason not being around and then obviously him being buried behind Tom and stuff like that. Uh, just seeing how excited he was to throw a touchdown and celebrate again. So that was a good story for me. Uh, and just, just know that, uh, you know, I, I'm actually going to the Browns versus Arizona game in Cleveland, um, bringing my son. So I'm a part-time Browns fan as well. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, the thing people need to remember with Felipe Franks is uh, he's not good. <laughs> I um, man, listen, listen. I've been trying to tell people this, and they're like, "Oh, he just ran for fifty yards." I'm like, "He threw, he threw six times and a half." That, that, that they just don't equate there. That I, I had to deal with the Felipe Franks experience for two years when he was at Florida there, and yeah, yeah, it was it was a rough time to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you, hopefully, hopefully we just uh, I'd be OK if we just like cut him in and grab Jamie Newman or something like that, because I don't know what this these guys are seeing. But, you know, maybe maybe in practice he's lighting it up. Who knows? Yep. Well, thank you very much. And again, you can check out Adam at the Falcons Desk podcast and at around the block Falcons. You can find him on Twitter at Damsky 32. Adam, thank you. Thanks for having me. That'll be it for us here today on Fired Up Browns. Again, thanks to Adam Holloway for coming on the podcast. We will be back next week for more Browns coverage as we recap what is the 53-man roster going into the season. Obviously have some players that are going to be going on to IR that will need to be replaced, such as Jacob Phillips and a few others. And so we will go over those roster moves and, and recap who are the players on the final 53. And then we will also get a preview of the Browns week one game against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
You can check out other Fired Up podcasts, your other Fired Up team podcasts, as well as Fired Up Sports Betting, Fired Up Pro Wrestling, and Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Mitchell Wolf, and myself. Let's get fired up.